hello and welcome to another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcasts. I am James Miller, journalist, broadcaster, author of The Gender Agenda. Please go and buy it, just as uh, my guest today has, allegedly. I mean, he hasn't got it on him, so I can't prove it. But uh, it is uh, Martin Whitfield, Labour MP for East Lothian. Yes. Hello. And Hello. Thank <laughs> you for coming on this Back. podcast. It's just me and you this week because oh. it's all been so last minute that, um, well, that's just how it is. But that's all we need, isn't it? Let's start with PMQs. PMQs. Dun, dun, dun. It was. Uh, I've been covering. I mean, you've been here. Uh, well, a number of weeks. Uh, yeah, weeks rather than months. I've been covering this stuff for six years, nearly now. It was one of the worst oh, I've yes. ever seen. I mean, I'm not one of these people who likes to just knock PMQs for the sake of it, but it was. Uh, it was just pathetic today, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it, it, it was a simple. There was a. Um, Groundswell of chattering throughout the whole thing, yeah, um, and and not just from the opposition benches to the point where it, it, you it was a struggle to hear some of the questions and some of the answers. And I have to say, I think, in all honesty, the people who sat behind the front bench of the government weren't that interested in our answers this time. <laughs> they were just going through the motions, and and I think what was indicative of that actually. Mm-hmm was this was the first time that I saw um, a significant number of Conservative MPs up and leave once we'd got yeah. beyond um, the sort of stock, this bit's going to be televised uh, part. So there are obviously other significant events going on. There's no doubt drinks gatherings all over the parliamentary estate that dragged people away ah. at 12.30. Um, you know, and it and it is an interesting comment that... The, the, she opened, and quite rightly so, um, making reference to the the disasters and the appalling situation around the world. And then we got into the into the questions, and we had a, a, a run of conservative questions, which is, behold, I am very good. I am hosting a party. Will you thank me for hosting a party? Um, yeah, which was disappointing. Hard to remember what the Tory questions actually were, to be honest. <laughs> um, it was weird. It was just... Um, Everything was bad, if you like. It was just a bad combination. It wasn't just... I mean, Corbyn was uh, waffly. There was some decent stuff in there somewhere from Corbyn, but he sequenced his questions wrong. He waffled on far too much. Uh, you were disagree because he was your dear leader, but I didn't think <laughs> I completely he... completely disagree with that. Uh, it was pretty poor from here. Uh, Theresa May replied, as best you can say, really. Well, I mean, <laughs> but did she reply? Uh, she's getting into a circle of... Um, asking a question back and then answering something that she would like to be asked um, to the point where, um, you know, I can understand why people genuinely question the value of PMQs um, in holding the government to account. Um, And it's interesting because I raised a, um, a question last week about the challenge that we have in Scotland, where Scottish questions comes before PMQs, mm. we don't get topical questions. Mm. We are very yeah. lucky if we get seven questions yeah. in on Scotland before we move into 
yeah. a 45 minutes of um, mm. nothing. Um, and certainly, I, I, you know, it is fair to say, and my question was answered that they would go away and ask, um, and I will be pursuing it because again today the slot before PMQs well, it, and they are important constitutional devolution matters it was Northern Ireland getting questions, it was Northern Northern Ireland. questions and everyone was just chattering away talking Absolutely. about murders struggling. and terrorism and That's really right. quite struggling to get answers to hugely important points and you know there's an interesting question. Do I think that Scottish questions is more important than PMQs? Well, do you know, at the format as it sits at the moment, <laughs> I would rather have my time being able to hold Mundell yeah. to account um, than sit through the the waffly answers, the questions back, the But PMQs don't have to be like that. I mean, that's no. the problem, is that I keep saying that what everyone needs is a sub-editor, because everybody gets up, everyone these days gets up and says two or three sentences of just statement and then you maybe get quite a long-winded question at the end when it's question if you all just asked nice snappy short questions not only are you more likely to actually do what you're trying to do which is hold the government account catch the pm out sort of thing um, but the whole thing would move along a lot quicker and you know it's a bit more interesting you know the more pace you give it you haven't had a pmq yet no i've when tried every do, time <laughs> will it be a nice short snappy question when you do I hope so. I would hope that it's an astute question, and it's an, it's a question I want an answer to. I'm certainly not going to dress it up um, as an attempt to make a statement. Yeah. Um, but the kindness in not doing that has to be followed, has to be reciprocated with a genuine answer. Um, yeah, and well, I think, one, well, it, it's, well, that's but then you, that's how you craft your question. You, well, you, absolutely. I think that's it. It's in the, it's in the drafting and. You know, I think I think you were being unfair there on Jeremy because I think I, I think Jeremy's script today um, contained you know some very very good points, but there was a strange atmosphere in the house today. It started mm. off, um, it it didn't really feel like a PMQs. We sort of stumbled into it after yeah, yeah, well, it's not the main event this week, is it? That's the thing. Well, no, yeah, it's all about been. Brexit for the last two nights. We had two late nights. Everyone's probably a bit tired. Maybe that's it. Night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it does feel like it's not quite the main event, and with it out of the way, uh, that is basically the session finished. Oh, that's right. And, and, the, and we have the opposition debate going on um, as as we speak um, on the pay cap, and I've already heard reference into that uh, already. That well, you know, it's all over uh, tomorrow, and we're into conference recess. Um, um, and I am aware of a number of. Uh, uh, MPs, not from my own party, who have already sidled away. Um, yeah, I so. know at least one. Uh, I'm not going to name him. <laughs> no, no, that doesn't really reduce it. No. Uh, um, yeah, I, well, we can get into the issue of conference recess. That's a, well. Uh, let's come back to conferences at least. Um, I'm looking at the list. I tell you who I thought was quite good today. You know, in a strange way, not Michael Fabricant, who once again asked a closed question. And then another question. I don't know why he does that. It's just silly. But he's a very silly man, isn't he? Um, but he is going on uh, celebrity first dates. Apparently, looking forward to that. But do you think it was a fascinating answer? Where you know, Theresa May tried to make a joke on it, but clearly had no idea what the program was and completely <laughs> failed with the, the the throwaway line of "I'm not sure if you're the celebrity or indeed if you're the um, do you want to say the that? date." Got Come in, I'm happy to see you. Hello, you're live. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Uh, oh, pull a seat up. I'm going to get this call. Oh. I'll let you carry on. I'll bet I'll that. 
But then, and, and I think that, you know, you say, what's good, if what is going to be remembered from today's PMQs, I think it's going to be that small interchange, media, yeah. because quite simply, it shows, you know, with the greatest respect to a Prime Minister who has no idea hang on. who handed her the joke. All right, hang on. And do you know what First Dates is? Do I know what Celebrity First Dates yeah. is? Yeah. Do you watch terrible First to Dates? say that I might well have watched it. It was fascinating during the election, first the First Dates, the, when they, they started running those. That was really interesting. Oh, I don't watch it. But I know the man off it. I saw him on the uh, platform at Peckham Ryan Station once. Um, so, you know, I just happened to know that he's a man off First Dates because everyone likes him, right? Oh, the French well, there we are. That's right. That's right. Or I don't well, know. I, I travelled up on the train with um, one of the... the uh, I was going to say performers, participants in Love Island. No. I wouldn't know any of them. I, if I, I fell over them. Well, I you? have to say I didn't know anything about it, but the hen party that uh, cornered him <laughs> for the entire journey certainly knew all about well, it. That was a close escape because if he hadn't been on there, they'd have been cornering you, oh, wouldn't absolutely, they? Absolutely, yes. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. No, uh, I wouldn't know anybody. Yeah, I was going to Love Island, and I'm frankly quite proud of that. But yes, that's because that I am out of touch and all the rest. Uh, yeah, but you wouldn't present a joke without understanding it and there's the difference that's true that someone gave her that joke is a planted line mm. and she and maybe it was the, maybe it was the writer maybe it was the sub-editor's fault Faber was asking about Birmingham getting the Commonwealth Games um, mm. it's going to be Kuala Lumpur isn't it it's going to be Kuala Lumpur all the way where do you rather go Kuala Lumpur or Birmingham I mean I'd rather go almost anywhere than Birmingham to be honest um I said, oh, that's a total waste of, waste of question. Oh, and we had David Morris, who wants a nuclear power station. Mm. That's different. Next door to his nuclear power station. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he used to be in Rick Astley's band, didn't he? He's the one who used to be in Rick Astley's band. Yeah, yeah he's been oh, on top no, of the There box. we go. Former, oh, well. <laughs> former hairdresser, David Morris. Um, i tell you how I thought he was quite good. It was the Lib Dems, actually. Uh, see if you can want to go cross-party and agree with me. I quite like <laughs> Layla Moran. Uh, she's, no, don't like she's that, got actually. something about her. I don't think she's a finished product, but I think she looks like she's got serious potential. Um, and Vince finished up. Leila Moran was first, and Vince Cable was last. And they both so asked decent questions. I thought um, the first one was ignored because it was just like oh, you're lived the first question, yeah, and the last exactly. one was ignored because it was like, oh you're lived there. And they weren't, again, they, they could have done with a bit of sub-editing. That's interesting, they actually. Were, they were on the money, mm. both of them, with their Brexit questions. It is interesting how um, the Lib Dems are suffering at the hands um, of the, the House. Um, yes. A lot of people are having a right to go at the Lib Dems at the moment, for no real reason. Yeah. Um, they just seem to, I, I don't know whether it's the, the fact that they're sat in front of the DUP who are getting it. Every yeah. single day from every single direction, um, but the Lib Dems do seem to be getting a right kicking for no apparent reason. Um, uh, I suppose there's also an issue that a lot of their new MPs, I'm using inverted yes. commas, are not new MPs, they're coalition ministers. Yeah, yeah, so, yes, uh, Joe Swinson, uh, Ed Davey, yeah. uh, Christine Jardine was a spad. Um, there's a lot of Coalition actually yeah. in the new lineup, they're much Smoked more back they're much more coalitiony than they were actually. Yes, maybe actually following the coalition, but yes, that that, um, that probably goes a long way to explain the uh, the, the adversity. Uh, and people know who they are. I mean, nobody they, knew who when there was nine of them. <laughs> people only knew the Clegger and uh, 
Tim Farrow. And the other one. Uh, yeah, Tim Farrow. <laughs> who's the lead of Tim Farrow? That's about it, really. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I haven't seen Tim actually around at all. Yeah, uh, he was there. He was in, in, on the bench today. On the bench today, right. Tim Farrow, of course, who said he would come on my podcast and never did. Oh, he'll come next week. Yeah, he might. He might. He's got a bit more time now. Um, you mentioned the Lib Dems. And we've mentioned conference recess. Let's just briefly sort of touch on a couple of things there. First of all, isn't it mad that you're all going off on holiday uh, for Lib Dem conference? They say, well, there's 12 Lib Dems, and Parliament takes a week off for them to go and have their jolly well, party site. It is, it is, and it doesn't take a week off for the SNP, of course. Well, no, because the SNP conference is coming right at the end of conference, yeah. and they can't make it, or they can make it and not be here. Yeah, it um, seems outrageous, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I mean, how difficult is it to you know, pick, pick a block? During conference week, yeah, <laughs> that isn't there. You know, I mean, there's uh, plenty of time. It's yeah, it just seems, uh, you know, for the Lib Dems, apart from anything, they could have to get all their business at a weekend. I know they've cut their conference already. They, I mean, most, I think, most parties. Well, there we go. That, that's Are you suggesting doing a room here for well, the Lib Dems? <laughs> not anymore. There was twelve of them. There used to be. They could do it in the back of a Renault Espace and all the rest of it, couldn't they? But um, uh, conferences in general, um, obviously, we're going into conference recess. They could be done in a weekend, couldn't they? Do they really need to be four days long and Parliament needs to knock off for them and all the rest of it? I don't know. What's your feeling about conferences? Are you a fan conferences of- are... I am a great fan of conferences because it allows an opportunity. Like, it's like all gatherings, in a sense. It's not, it's not what you see. It's not what's planned. It's the networking. It's the discussion. It's the development. But it does happen. You're talking about drinking, Martin. That's what you're talking about. Networking. I wish I, I, wish I was. Yeah, but no. You know... I think that's, I think the whole thing, it's just a big party, is, um, you know, conferences in the past have been exactly that. Yeah. But actually, I think given given the pressure and the amount of work, conference does give an opportunity to meet and talk um, with people that you just don't get time to do otherwise. And, I mean, conferences are big media events anyway, but there's yeah. actually areas that you carve out when you can have discussions um, you know particularly across uh, thinking I mean you know from 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 my pure individual point of view I've got a chance to have a chat with a couple of Welsh colleagues hmm. that just we have not managed to do to okay. to find a slot for um, and conferences there and it's an opportunity I think it's important from any organizational point of view from a political party point of view um, to be able to have a, a good old-fashioned rally, you know? It's it's about that enthusiasm, it's about that engagement, um, and it's about that opportunity. Um, be interesting, you know, I think we're gonna see a fascinating range of conferences this time, um, and we're not going to have the identikit uh, yeah. conferences that have happened in past, which I do seriously question, in that what is the value of that? Um, yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be. I suppose the same every year. You get different sorts of conferences, really, don't you? I mean, the Tories will be doing a bit of plotting and all the rest of that. Tends tends to happen <laughs> most of their conferences. Let's be honest. But you know, that's kind of um, that's not to take away from the fact that it seems to work for them. Let's basically mm. win lots of elections and uh, um, so, you know, fair play to them. Uh, yeah, Labour's probably not going to be a big party because you know, Jeremy Corbyn doesn't seem like a big party sort of guy. Really, is he? Oh, I don't know. I think when you see the he's a vegan. You know, the, <laughs> Well, a near you know, he's not he's not going to participate in the this great sort of mythical drinks thing party type thing. But it's not mythical. You know. There's lots of drinking going on. Come on, it's not <laughs> mythical. Is drink. but and that's fine. I, I, I never. I mean, I get 
I don't really see this problem in Parliament to some extent. I mean, people were going on this week, obviously, we've had very late votes. It's like, oh, everybody's been in the bars drinking. Well, what are they supposed to do? Just sit and twiddle their thumbs all evening and wait <laughs> Actually, the, the bars have been really quiet. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> just a, a terrible uh, cliche, isn't it? But, I mean, especially at conference, you're, you're not spending taxpayers' money. You're, you're all that's getting right, together. Really you're all Labour uh-huh. or whatever party. You're all the same mind. Of course you want to go and have a drink together. But it, is a, chance, but it is a chance to have those conversations that, you know, you just never get time for. And you know it may come. If you were there at three o'clock in the morning on a Brighton bar, yeah, yeah, a few a few conversations you wouldn't want time for. Um, oh, I don't know. That. <laughs> but you yeah, need to improve your drinking buddies. That's what I think. No, well, that's <laughs> You've true. been to too many conferences. There's my thing. Many, you have a cynicism about too many conferences with the Scottish lobby. I think oh, they go. Oh, three o'clock in the morning. That's an early night for most of them. Um, yeah, okay, so conference is coming up, uh, but let's just briefly touch on the fact, uh, the whole the Scottish element of it. Uh, clearly, Scottish Labour is currently leaderless. No, it's not. It's got a, a caretaker leader, but it's waiting to get its proper leader. Um, do you know who you'll be supporting in the leadership? I'll be, well, I am co-chair of the NASA's campaign. Okay, well, then um, you do. Yeah. I do know who I'm supporting. Absolutely, I know who I'm supporting. But I do think this is a... It is a, it is a good place that um, the Scottish Labour find themselves in um, other than having to have a, a campaign, um, in that no matter who wins this, mm-hmm. you know, building on Kez's enormous amounts of work, the Scottish Labour are going to carry on going up and returning. You look at the two massively successful council elections, you um, look at the discussions and talks that are happening. I mean, the hustings that are planned for the um, leadership campaign, you know. They're going to be good. It's going to be a chance for people to find out what um, both these individuals can offer Scottish Labour and where it fits in. Um, And that is a huge, huge opportunity to build on. Um, Should we be having a, you know, am I delighted we're having a leadership campaign? I'm very disappointed and saddened by the fact that cares for very personal reasons you know, was unable to, to continue on. I think her um, letter was very honest and I think she deserves an enormous, enormous and genuine thanks for um, caring for the Labour Party in Scotland and the Labour movement from a time, you know, when she when she stepped up <laughs> disappointed uh, to where we are now. Disappointed um, in Kez or disappointed by Kez for stepping down? <laughs> I'm disappointed in the situation. I can understand from her letter why she did it. Um, And I think that one of the things that we need to do is look out about how we care for, you know, our leaders. Um, Because things... She's had to experience things that, you know, um, she signed up for. And she's had to experience things that no one signs up for. And I'm not Mm. saying this is just cares. I think this is a a problem um, that exists. I mean, you know, tomorrow we have the debate um, about cyberbullying and abuse during election campaigns that, Mm. you know, moves wider. And I think we are at a time where we need to start genuinely looking at um, how we treat the people that we entrust to do things and how we expect those people who are entrusted to do things similarly to behave. Um, and it was interesting because I had I had a great visit to a, to, to a primary school and it was wonderful to get back um, in front of children and chat and talk mm. to them. 
um, and it was organised by one of the children themselves. Genuinely, he wanted okay. um, to sort it out, and he did that whole thing of going and speaking to his teacher and his head teacher. But the reason that I raise that is that when we talk about children bullying children um, mm. online and in social media, there is a universal abhorrence about it, and it's wrong. Yeah, and yet move over some age barrier that's you know different suddenly it all becomes all right and it just um it just smells of that do as i say not as i do and i think as adults we have a responsibility and an obligation to our um younger children uh, our, our, our younger generations to behave in the way that we genuinely want them to behave and experience. Um, and so to take it back to where we are with Kez, yeah. I think that, you know, she did brilliant, brilliant things for the Labour movement in Scotland. She stepped up at a time when it was enormously challenging um, and she gave 100% of herself to it. Um, and maybe if we want longevity from our Scottish Labour leaders, we need to take care of them a bit better. All of which uh, rather spikes my next question, but there we go. Uh, you're co-chair of Anas' campaign. Your colleague in the Super 7, there's only seven of you Scottish Labour MPs here, but your colleague Danielle Rowley is chairing Richard yeah. Leonard's campaign. Um, are you trying to sneak into her office and like look at a computer and find out what <laughs> No, but I'm having stuff? nice cups of tea on yeah. the terrace and chatting to her about it and chatting about the fact that you know, genuinely, um, genuinely, Danielle and myself, and genuinely, both campaigns want the campaign to be about the issues and mm. not, uh, you know, um, collapse into stupidity and name calling and boo. Um, boo. Stupidity and well, name yeah, calling absolutely. is brilliant for the we media. Don't want, we we like. don't. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, it, it is a fact that people are very easily attracted to the snippy, sarcastic, rude, um, you know, in, in, in Richard's case, the, the, the whole xenophobic thing of, oh, he was born in England. Yeah, that's you know, a bit weird. And that. it's really worrying that people are prepared to um, use, uh, not the campaigns, but there are people who think it's a legitimate target to have a go at where somebody is born mm. within the United Kingdom to disenfranchise them of a right to represent, you know, people who voted for him, yeah. you know, who support him, who stand behind him. And one of the things that, you know, I think is something we have to all guard against is sometimes when hatred and abuse is overseas and it's a war zone, we can all scream and shout about mm. it. And then we fail to do the same when it's happening close to us it's all a bit weird on that I have to find I find it very strange uh, because I don't know if it's a, <laughs> in a strange way maybe it's a good sign in that Anash doesn't seem to be coming in for I could be very wrong yeah, I'm sure he is online but the same sort of questions Anas of course is a Muslim now uh, I only say that because I remember because I'm so old when his dad got elected and he was the first Muslim, Muslim. MP yeah. now that seems Remarkable that in my lifetime I can remember the first Muslim because of course there's lots of Muslim yes. MPs there. So you know, it's should not be. an issue. You know, should be but it was an issue. Yeah, but it was when he got elected. It was like a big deal. Mm. It was like, oh, he is Britain's first Muslim MP, yeah. uh, and nobody's saying that around Anas, which is as it should be. Because thankfully um, he wasn't the first. <laughs> yeah, it's just interesting that but you know it, that is not an issue now, but Englishness possibly. But is. isn't it? Well, you know, and 
that's when you add, but, that, but, but, but isn't that one of the dangers of adding isms and nationalism yeah, and stuff like no, that well. and you look at you know I mean there was Nicholas Sturgeon only a few weeks ago going oh I wish I could change the name of the party you know yeah I mean that, that, that also I find odd in the party that you know there have been hints and, and sort of insinuations that the SNP are a bit anti-English and then here we've got a Labour contest and suddenly there's questions of anti-English and Labour as well I find all that I have to say um, I'm not entirely convinced that the, that the I'm not entirely convinced that the, the start of all of that came from anyone within the Labour movement. I think yeah, it was just a, 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 a naff. I think it was a comment that was okay. made, and then other people picked it up um, because I, I was born in England. Yes, <laughs> you know, in exactly yeah. the same scenario and stuff, and um, I've never felt anything other than absolutely welcome in Scotland. And as I say, I mean, one of the interesting things, and I think one of the differences, is that. Um, my experience um, living in Scotland was that you know friendships were made not because of your job or your earnings mm. or you know um, where you were born, but about who who you are and the conversations that yeah. you had with people. And I think that's an enormously important characteristic of um, Scotland, and one that we, I think, one that we need to start to fight to preserve and continue because. Um, yeah. I do sense a developing uh, in the United Kingdom, and maybe this is prompted by the, the Brexit um, events. I do start to sense a feel of them and us developing, which mm. is worrying. Yeah. Uh, well, I suppose the bottom line is you can't really lose in the Scottish Labour leadership because if Anas wins, really that's your campaign wins. If he loses, then Richard Leonard, the English candidate, becomes leader and a couple of years when he inevitably has to step aside in two years at most because that's the way Scottish Labour leaders oh, last. Oh, no, no, You no, can no. then stand. No, because he'll learning have, from... He'll have blazed the trail for the English-born leaders and you can stand in... You know, you'll be able to stand oh, in a couple well, of years' yes, time. you see, well... You could be growing, next. Gr- growing up in Newcastle, you see, I've prevented the English being Scots and the Scots being English. It's a very important role Northumberland and the Border Reavers played in that. No, but I do think... You, I, I do think it does come back... Um, in essence, to the experience that we have to learn from cares, and irrespective of who wins this leadership, because mm. it is a democratic um, process, whoever wins it, we as the as Scottish Labour need to take care of our leader. We need to um, allow them to have the space to do the job that they need to do and move Labour on, but we also need to build them a wall to protect them from the fact that, you know, it's a job. Yeah. <laughs> it's built on a, a philosophy and a belief, but it's a job, and they need downtime, and they need um, separation from some of the things that turn it into a, um, you know, three hundred and sixty-five day, twenty-four hour a day. Need protection, do they? Need protection from some, of, some of those, uh, some of those, uh, only... some of those big knives that some of your, your MSP colleagues have been carrying around. Oh, you need a, a Scottish Labour knife amnesty. <laughs> Get, get Neil Finley to dump his big pointy knife that he's been pointing oh, at Kez's back for the last couple of years. Allegedly. Now, allegedly. Now, now. Um, right, listen, let's uh, quickly finish up with I love your questions. Oh, uh, nice. I know it's been weeks and weeks since you were on, but strangely, it's only been a couple of episodes. The kind of official episodes. We've had all the summer specials in between. So let's have the jingle. And uh, yeah, last week's question set by Alison Doolis. What is your favourite parliamentary event? I don't suppose you've experienced many, but. uh, Oh, that's a good one. um, Parliamentary event. Parliamentary event, parliamentary event. Um, 
Were you here for the uh, tug of war and the rowing race? Oh, I see that sort of event. That's interesting because I wasn't thinking about it. I I, I, I was sort of thinking along more the lines of the sort of slightly slight idiosyncrasies that occur. Um, And I think my favourite event is the clearing of the corridors for Speaker's Procession because it's like something from 1066. It's ridiculous. You know, he's a poor man who has to walk all the way from his office the long way round um, you know and led and everyone gets pushed out the way oh, it's really annoying no, when you're trying to get around pushed out the way they just get shoved out the corridors and everything that's it you know so there we are it's a sort of complete okay. idiosyncratic um, what is going on um, I think uh, without doubt speakers okay. perception and what do they show they show speakers speaker yeah. well speaker, it depends on speaker, speaker at prayer when they get in and yeah, speakers. when the speakers possession them when they get their speaker at prayer that's oh, okay. the start yeah, they show um, something to get every other way it's very strange but it is a, yeah. it's the only, only time the door that's a get good question well done on that. I'm impressed with that um, and your question then for uh, oh. like, we're going to have a break for conference Unless I happen to bump into some people while I'm at conference. Uh, And after that, uh, my big new project, the Brexit Breakdown podcast from UK to Changing Europe, will be launching. So I'll probably be going uh, fortnightly on this podcast, I think, or interchange with this one and the Brexit Breakdown. Um, So I don't know who the guest is going to be. I don't exactly know when the next episode will be. It'll be early October. Um, So your question for mystery guest. Mystery guest. My question is going to be... um, Actually... Mine's going to connect with my last podcast because um, a huge number of people have been tickled, tickled pink by the whole thing. And I'm going to say, who in Parliament is the Dorothy character? Oh, this is because uh, last time we talked about because we're not in Kansas anymore. Toto Nitsu's yes. that's right. We cast it from Wizard of Oz, and we never came to a conclusion really with Dorothy. So who that's my okay. And who is the Dorothy character? Once again, you are on the last one before a little break. So anybody I do bump into in conference, I can add it to them. We can have another rollover. Everyone, oh, everyone loved the rollover. So what? <laughs> number of people that come up to me going, oh, when's the answer? When's the answer? <laughs> That didn't really happen. Um, okay, listen, thank you very much, Martin, for coming on the podcast. Uh, get me out of jail this week. Um, if you want to get in touch, I am at Political Yeti on Twitter. I am politicalyeti at gmail.com on the email. Uh, my website is james-miller. My book is The Gender Agenda. Uh, tune in and if you do like teachers. Uh, I do like teachers. Yeah, I know. All right, yeah, I also wanted to get Martin on because I sounded like I was a bit rude about him last week. I wasn't being rude about him personally, just, you know, teachers and their clever, clever questions that they sometimes like to ask. But that is because they're clever people. Uh, no, I would never have a bad word said about teachers. Most teachers. Um, yeah, tune in in a few weeks for another of Political Yeti's Politics podcast. Thank you.